controlling a robot with your mind? Researchers have taken the first step to make that a reality. It's all coming up next on Into Tomorrow. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. You can get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at blueberry.com. That's like a blueberry without the E's. So it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. Welcome Into Tomorrow on this Memorial Day weekend where we hope that you pause and remember those who made the ultimate sacrifice for our great country. It's not just about barbecues, beer, and hot dogs, and whatnot. Yeah. Be sure and pause and reflect what Memorial Day is all about. It's not a day to get a deal on a mattress. No, that's not what it's for. From the Dexcom G7 Studios, powerful, simple diabetes management. Be sure to visit D-E-X-C-O-M, Dexcom. It's our 28th year covering consumer tech. This for the weekend of May 26th, as I mentioned, Memorial Day weekend 2023. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. And, of course, starting off with our three most important reminders every week, in case you have yet to do so. Backup, call, and subscribe. Okay. Back up your calls and subscribe to them. (laughs) Right. Or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Back up your important data. Got it. Including uh, off-premise. Right. Okay. Subscribe to this podcast. Oh, yeah. There's. I guess now there's four because I guess I kind of inadvertently added another one because I forgot one of the most important ones, which I will add right now. Oh? Check your spam filters. Oh. Okay. Well, that's number three. Yeah. Because it, especially if you've contributed to the show recently, you might have a note from our prize team in your spam filter. Yeah. So look for anything from graveline.com. And you may very well say, aha, I wondered why I haven't heard from Into Tomorrow, because there it sits in your spam filter. Yeah. Or Aunt Edna, or whatever. Or the long-lost cousin that has $14 million to send you. Right. Exactly. Needs your bank routing information. Right. Don't feel... <laughs> oh, God. So what would be number four, then? The the, the subscribing to these podcasts. If no, you, already, you already said that. I already said that one. Yeah. I'm calling in and participating. There you go. So that you could then check your spam filter <laughs> right. for the prize closet email. And win stuff. Yes. Okay, good. Some tech news and commentary, and then we get to your calls, your participation, your winning from letting us hear you on the show. Last week, we told you about Telly giving away free smart TVs. Well, in the first 36 hours of their announcement, more than 100,000 people registered to get a free smart TV from Telly and their 500,000 set giveaway. They say winners must allow the company to gather viewing data and complete surveys that help brands target ads to their households. But hey, it's a free smart TV. I'd rather buy my TV. <laughs> than have, yeah. than have although, to share your viewing habits. Although, although it's not like the TVs you buy don't make you share your viewing habits. I mean, yeah, Vizio's famous do. for that. <laughs> Vizio especially, and, and most of them. And that's how their TVs are so cheap. Yeah, inexpensive. Yeah. Well, and, and I think Vizio's even been open about that, that they don't make any money on the physical TVs. Yeah. Where they make their profit is selling your data. Where we've said for years, you are the product. Uh-huh. We, all of us, are the product. So that's what they're selling is our personal data. So in this case, if all they're doing is gathering your viewing data and asking you to complete an occasional survey that they then share with brands, um, so it's a free TV. I mean, what's the worst well, that happens? It's not free. It's costing your privacy. But yeah, yeah, there is no such thing as privacy anymore. Come on. We've said that for years, too. Well, if you live off the grid in a cabin, you know, in the middle of the woods, <laughs> maybe. Anybody listening do that? I don't see any hands up. Yeah. <laughs> so, because they're too far away in the woods. <laughs> can't see them. Yeah. And, and they're off the grid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chinese researchers claim to have successfully conducted the world's first brain-computer interface, or BCI, experiment on a monkey, showcasing China's BCI technological breakthrough. According to Chinese state-run media reports, this development encourages the application of brain science research and demonstrates that China is allegedly at the forefront of the, quote, white-hot technology war between China and the U.S. 
Hmm. The Chinese technicians identified and collected signals after an electro. Uh, I always have trouble with this word. Electroencephalograph or EEG. You got it. Uh, was placed on a monkey's cerebrovascular wall using minimally invasive surgery. This reportedly allowed the monkey to move a robotic arm with its thoughts. Really? Yes. Uh oh. And now, this is China doing right. it. But now then again, also think about that this report is coming from Chinese state-run media. So whether or not we can believe it, I don't know. Uh, the monkey's probably in a lab. Well, you yeah. Know, that, and and that, could escape. And exactly. <laughs> <laughs> from a Wuhan lab. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But then merely with its thoughts, it moved a robotic arm. Yeah. What can it do with, like, a bomb? Well, you know, and, I, and I've been married. I know that, you know, thoughts and looks can just make, you know— do things. I mean, I've had, you know, I, I've had a wife that just kind of with a look can make me do things <laughs> or make me stop doing things. I think you have a girlfriend that does the same thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have I, a type. I was, I was trying to, you know, um, stay out of the doghouse, so I wasn't going to bring that one. Oh, yeah. I see. So I did. Yeah. I and saying, I don't really care if I'm in the doghouse. It's not the girlfriend. It's the ex-wife. Yeah, well, right. Not anymore. You know, thank God. But <laughs> <laughs> The Roblox CEO and founder is taking note of the appeal that gaming has for older audiences. They're calling older audiences 17 to 24. <laughs> That's older? Age range, of course, is what they're looking at. They share how the company may launch offerings to target that demographic. He said in the future, Roblox could include different types of experiences, like virtual dating, indie movie screenings, and new forms of content, like news and hot topics. Do you think anyone 17 to 24 cares about the news? No. No. First of all, to call them older is pretty scary. Uh-huh. I can't even remember being 17 to 24. <laughs> Pretty much. Because well, you were born old. Yeah, that's true. I was born old. I came out saying, that's just in, or that's just out, or yeah, uh, boy. <laughs> Car manufacturers, including Ford, BMW, and Tesla, have removed AM and FM radios from their newest car models. The decision to eliminate access to the audio feature by car companies was influenced by the medium's shrinking consumer base, as well as a quirk with electric engines that disrupts its signal. BMW, Mazda, Polestar, Rivian, Tesla, Volkswagen, and Volvo have already removed the audio feature from their electric vehicles, while Ford has announced that it will extend its phasing out to both future electric and gas-powered models. Uh, but Nissan, Toyota, and Honda have stood firm against the frequency's forced removal, while a collection of bipartisan lawmakers in the U.S. have drafted a bill recently to block car makers from doing that. Uh, the bill would direct the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration to issue regulations to mandate that at least AM radio in new vehicles be there without an additional charge. And since that very story, this just in, following pressure from lawmakers and an uproar from the radio industry, Ford Motor Company reversed course and said that, it yes, it will keep AM radio in its new vehicles, at least for now. Yeah, but no FM. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're going to kill FM, but put AM in there. Yeah. No, they're going to do AM and FM. Um, and now we got to wait to see if these other manufacturers will do the same. But I think it's interesting if electric vehicles interfere with the AM signals. And of course, it would. Well, Everything interferes with the AM signal. Well, I mean, no, you know, we've dealt with the regular gas-powered engines interfering with AM signals yeah. for years. Yeah, true. <laughs> And a, I mean, even driving a, under power lines where it right. interferes with them. And a thunderstorm 100 miles away, yeah. you know, you get the crackle and whatnot. But yeah, at least Ford so far has now reversed that decision for now. Well, that's at least one good thing Ford does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if anything, who knows? Meta is reportedly planning on releasing its Twitter competitor, codenamed Barcelona <laughs> or P92. Yeah, okay. They plan to do that early this summer. Sources say the platform will include Mastodon compatibility, the ability to log in with Instagram credentials, and transfer profiles, and as many as 500 characters per post. So they're going to go after Twitter. Can't you just do that already on Facebook? Yeah, <laughs> so but, not, but not on Instagram, and apparently not on Twitter. But it's going to be codenamed, or it is codenamed right now, Barcelona or P92. I don't have any clue as to why that is the case. Elon, please buy Meta. I know. <laughs> Boy, that would solve a lot of problems. Just buy it to shut it down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they did with the uh, parlor. 
Yeah. Bought it and shut it down. (laughs) What do you think? Uh, And first of all, how do you feel about all this AI stuff? Do you think it's the next industrial revolution? Want to know your thoughts as well? 800-899-INTO or preferably the free Into Tomorrow app and just mash that message to studio button. In today's connected world, high-speed internet is a necessity. Luckily, where you live no longer means missing out on a fast connection. Do what we did and get HughesNet, America's number one choice for satellite internet. HughesNet Gen 5 delivers the speed you need where you live. Own a business? HughesNet has plans for you too. Text RADIO to 35000 for offers in your area. That's RADIO to 35000. HughesNet, high-speed satellite internet available where you live and work. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit www.dexcom.com slash compatibility. On air, online, on now. On this Memorial Day weekend, welcome back into tomorrow. Yes, as you're enjoying that barbecue with family, just make sure you pause for a second and remember the ones that gave their lives so that you could have that barbecue with your family. There you go. Not about mattress sales or or just barbecue and beer, although enjoy with moderation. Exactly. But think about our fallen military folk. Okay. Thank you. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by our podcast partner, Blueberry Podcasting. With their advanced podcast hosting plans, you also get a free WordPress site to grow your podcast. You can start your free trial at blubrry.com. Stay tuned in our next segment. Uh, Dave caught up with uh, cat, caught up, caught up. Let's say caught up with Brianna. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, there were no cats involved, yeah. so I okay. caught up yeah. with uh, Brianna Frank, the vice president of product and design with IBM Cloud. She was here to talk about how enterprises can protect consumer data and maintain our trust. Some pretty interesting stuff about protecting our consumer data. So you do want to stay tuned for that. Our eyes are something we use all day long, so it's obviously important to keep them healthy. With this week's Into Tomorrow Wellness Tip, brought to you by Human Touch, here's Victoria Ladock. Thanks, Dave. Vision is something we can easily take for granted. Here are some powerful nutrients that aid in eye health. Vitamin C, found in great quantity in oranges, tomatoes, grapefruit, and broccoli. Omega-3 fatty acids, mainly from fish, but also found in walnuts and soybeans. Zinc, an essential mineral present in red meat, beans, seeds, and seafood. Vitamin E in avocados, almonds, sunflower oil and seeds, and hazelnuts. For Into Tomorrow, I'm Victoria Ladock. Back to you, Dave. Well, thank you, Victoria. I saw Chris's face going, eh, and a couple of things. I thought you liked broccoli. Yeah. You frowned when she said broccoli and stuff. And fish. You like fish. Yeah. So eat more of those things. They're better for you in many ways, and certainly, as she said, will help your eyes. Yeah. The Into Tomorrow Wellness Tip is brought to you by Human Touch for products that help you recover, revitalize, and relax every day. Be sure to visit humantouch.com. David in Detroit, Michigan. Welcome Into Tomorrow. Should I be using BitLocker on Windows 10? What are the pros and cons of it? Thank you. Okay, short and sweet question, but a good one. Uh, And yes, you should be. BitLocker will provide whole disk encryption in the background without you having to do anything. Uh, To you, that means that unless your user is logged into your data, it will be effectively unreadable. If anyone tries to read your computer while it's locked, or if anyone takes out your drive and tries to read it, they won't be able to. Or if you dispose of your computer with data still on the drive, you're safe. Yeah, now, there aren't any practical downsides. It happens in the background. Uh, there's technically some minor overhead, but you'll never notice it. The only thing you may notice is the initial encryption of the whole drive. But after that, your computer will feel the same as it does today, and your data will be better protected. 
If your computer includes a hardware component called a trusted platform module, version 1.2 or later, then your level of protection uh, while the computer is turned off will be better. But even without it, there's no real downside to using BitLocker to encrypt your drive, and you should do it. Even while the computer is turned off. Yeah. Wow, interesting. So, David, let us know if that info will help you. And, of course, it's in our show notes. Just look for the show for Memorial Day weekend, 5-26-2023 at intotomorrow.com. Ray in Niagara Falls, New York. Welcome into Tomorrow, Ray. I'm having problems with my printer. It prints fine on shipping labels for eBay, but if I try to print a shipping label on the U.S. Postal Service, it won't print. The minute you touch the print button, it charges you for the label. Whoa. So then you got to go back in and request a refund, and it can take a couple months sometimes to get a refund. So I don't know if you could help me out with that, if it's drivers that are bad or what. I didn't put the disc in that came with the printer because I use aftermarket ink. And somebody told me that if you use aftermarket ink and you put your disc in, printer won't work with aftermarket ink after that. Hmm. Well, Ray, first I'm wondering what does your computer tell you when you try to print? Are there any errors? Uh, We can't really tell you what may be going on without more info in this case, but a simple solution may be to print to PDF, then open the PDF and print it from outside the USPS's website. I actually do that quite often um, because I've been burned too many times by printers that don't work when they're supposed to. So so I've found that printing a PDF saves a lot of headaches. Then I can try printing the PDF as many times as it takes for the printer to do what it's supposed to do. It's got one job. Yeah. Print. You would think that that would be easy enough. But I like that idea of print first to PDF, which you can do on any computer. That should not be a problem. And just drop down your print options, and it'll say print to PDF. Yeah. So you can also try a different browser. I mean, there might be something about the USPS's site that your browser is misunderstanding, and it may be passing the printer the wrong information. Uh, if, if you can try to print from a PDF but not the site, then switching to a different browser is probably a good idea. Yeah. Now, you can also try to upgrade the drivers from your operating system itself. But any official upgraded drivers may come with the aftermarket ink block that you're understandably concerned about. Unfortunately, printer manufacturers are almost universally hostile towards consumers. So that's a problem you may run into across different brands. Yeah, it's a similar problem that we had with uh, Keurig for many years because they started this thing where if it wasn't didn't detect a, an, uh, an authentic Keurig K-cup, it wouldn't let you make your coffee. Yeah. So, In which case, people were throwing their Keurigs away yeah. and buying others, and then they got the big picture. Yeah. So, Ray, if you're lucky, you may find workarounds online for your particular model, but those have become rarer as printer manufacturers have figured out that people will work hard to get around their draconian restrictions yeah. and work even harder on making it difficult to get around them now. Yeah, true. But we're here to help. So if it uh, doesn't work what we've suggested... Give us some more info. Let us know. We'll do some more digging for you. And of course, Ray, stay tuned because other listeners that have had similar issues can hopefully help you and us by sharing their input. Listeners helping listeners, some of our best calls ever. Yeah, and that's one of the bad parts about uh, tech advancing you know, so much is now companies are finding ways to make it so that you can only use their authentic products and they, you know, their, their devices can detect when you have an aftermarket thing and say, oh, no, 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 we're not going to let it work. Yeah. And that is a shame because they ought to get over that yeah. and say, yes, we make good products, we make good accessories, we make, in this case, good ink or toners or whatever. But if you want to use something else, maybe you void your warranty or something. We're not going to back it up because it's not our product, but it should still work yeah. in that case. Let's hope. What do you think? 800 899 into. Stay tuned. Much more into tomorrow coming up next. Stream Guys Streaming Media Services is proud to sponsor Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. Delivering audio and video to the web since 2000, Stream Guys is the affordable, reliable, and scalable choice for today's demanding media delivery needs. Stream to iPhones, mobile devices, and PCs all from the same platform. Stream in Windows Media, QuickTime, and the ubiquitous Flash using our full-featured, low-cost Wowza Flash servers. Increase your ROI with our subscription system and pre-roll ad services and turn your content into cash. Stream Guys, offering professional streaming media services for the smartest businesses on the internet. Learn more at www.streamguys.com. 
Sending voice messages instead of typing can save you a lot of time. But listening through those five or 10 minute monologues from your friends is time consuming and often just not possible. Imagine being in a meeting, lecture, or any loud and crowded environment. Textify is an app for iPhone that converts those annoying voice messages into easily readable text at the touch of a button. Get Textify now from the App Store. Do you own a business? What do your customers hear when they call? Every business is unique, and Advanced Productions can help you create custom voicemail greetings or an on-hold production. Call us today at 888-899-8511. For over 40 years, we've been providing affordable audio and video services to businesses around the world. Let us create a custom holiday on-hold message for your business for less than $200. Call us today at 888-899-8511. Or visit onholdaudio.net. Welcome back into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. I want to remind you that when you call in and participate on the show anytime, by the way, 24-7, you win prizes. Many guests of the show and sponsors and other friends of the program are regularly sending us things to share with you. And we don't make you jump through hoops. You don't have to be the 99th caller or answer some goofy tech question or something like that. You just have to participate, meaning ask any consumer tech question. Help another listener, perhaps. You've got some input, something similar that you did to help solve a problem. Or share some tech rage. Our fingers on the dump button, so don't worry. The fact is, we just want to hear you on the show. And when we do, you win stuff. And there's three quick, easy ways to join us. Either the old-fashioned way, as some people refer to it, call us toll-free anytime, 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. Or, we prefer this, if you download the very small Into Tomorrow app and use that because you sound like you're right here in the studio with us. And of course, that's available in your app store. Two words into tomorrow and check us out. Or click on that Ask Dave red microphone on anything with a browser and a mic at intotomorrow.com as we continue our 28th year bringing you the latest in consumer tech. Cyber attacks, unfortunately, are on the rise as malicious actors look to gain access to critical consumer data. Yeah, our data. Well, our next guest joins us to talk about how enterprise can protect consumer data, again, our data, and maintain our trust. Vice President of Product and Design with IBM Cloud is Brianna Frank. Brianna, welcome into tomorrow. How are you? Well, thank you so much, and thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Terrific. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, we want to find out from you what are the main concerns that were, I think, recently raised by the National Cybersecurity Strategy and U.S. Treasury's cloud report, and, and how does IBM plan to help us address those? Yeah, I think what we're seeing is just this unprecedented level of innovation. And, you know, I saw a stat recently that said, half of all the revenue that exists in the world is going to come from new businesses and new services and new channels by 2026, which wow. is right around the corner. So um, a lot of innovations happening. And I think what the U.S. Treasury Re Cloud Report is really signaling is that this innovation is here to stay, but we have to be cautious around and make sure that we're securing, um, uh, you know, everything that we're doing has to be secure and compliant. And this really aligns really well with our strategy in IBM and specifically at IBM Cloud. We've been working for years um, with industries like the financial industry in particular, and we've built a community of 80 different banks. We've also um, had dialogue with regulators. And what that does is allow us to harness this collective intelligence of the industry, the financial industry as a whole, and we've built a framework of security controls and that are built into our IBM cloud. And so um, the this treasury report, I think signals that cloud innovation is here to stay, but you, know, you have to think about security and that really aligns with our philosophy. And I'm guessing from a consumer standpoint, especially, but for that matter, certainly businesses and organizations of all types, what do you think we should take away 
from these regulations that come up? Yeah, I think that you know what we're signaling is one of the one of the um, advice or, or, or sort of. Um, uh, items that came up is this concept of concentration risk. And concentration risk means having all of your applications or all of your workloads in one location. And that poses an additional um, you know, potential threat risk. Yeah. And what we believe in IBM and IBM Cloud is that hybrid multi-cloud approach is a, a much stronger approach. And so what we believe is that you may want to have some of your applications on-prem, some in another cloud, some in the IBM cloud, and distributing your applications actually reduces your concentration risk. And we also have uh, you know, tools built into our cloud that allow you to have visibility into all of those applications and workloads where they're running in the different security um, levels or compliance levels of those workloads. And that's great advice. We remind our audience every week on the show the importance of backup and not just backing up your important data, but not just on-premise. You know, you mentioned, too, you want to do some off-prem things, and hopefully it'd be the cloud. And also, you know, we've even said to put a thumb drive at, in grandma's cabinet or something every so often, just so in case of catastrophe, you've got your important stuff, whether it be pictures and videos or bank records or whatever, secure in multiple places. So I'm glad to hear you say that, because it does make perfect sense. Well, I really, I think that's really interesting advice that you're giving your your listeners and um, I'm hoping for the best that they they're keeping all of their data safe for sure and and speaking of safe do you think consumer data will ever truly be secure in the cloud because no matter what we do and I know you guys at IBM are always on top of that it still makes people wonder you know it's not here it's not on my computer uh, here in my room or what have you is it safe going out to the the ether world <laughs> absolutely you know i think um it's interesting to see how security evolution has you know has really evolved and um, there's a lot of things that we're doing that are very, um, I, I think, cutting edge. And one of the one of the features, and I, I, I always like to use this as just one example, but I think it really encapsulates our philosophy at IBM is that we have a feature called Keep Your Own Key. And keys are like secrets or passwords, like they're your ability to access your data. And we allow our clients to keep their own keys. So we don't have those, we don't, we don't have access to them. So even if we were subpoenaed, we can't hand over those keys because they don't belong oh. to us. Oh, very cool. So I, so I think that there's things like that. It's just one feature, but I think it really encapsulates our philosophy of how important you know, co you know, consumer data is to to us and keeping that safe and secure. And I like that concept of a key to your cloud. <laughs> that that yeah. just sounds yeah. very cool. Uh, what does cyber resiliency mean? I know you make reference to that. How does it affect the cloud, and how does it factor into all this? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I, before we talk about cyber resiliency. You cybersecurity is really how organizations protect its information and assets from any outside threat mm -hmm. or cyber attack. But cyber resiliency builds upon that. And that's really when cybersecurity is, is preventative in nature. And it allows you to have the resiliency to prevail in the event of a cyber attack. And, you know, there's a lot of things we can do to, you know, have that operational resilience. Um, one of which we kind of talked about, which was this concept of hybrid and multi-cloud and having your applications and workloads distributed uh, in lots of different environments allows, there's so many different benefits for doing that um, around latency and, you know, getting an instantaneous result based on where the, you know, the data resides, but it also can help um, protect against a, a potential cyber attack. And of course, when you talk about securing data across multiple cloud environments, I'm wondering, I'm sure you've got some best practices that we should practice when doing so. Absolutely. You know, I think, you know, we talked a little bit about keeping your own key, but we IBM's leading encryption. We we have confidential computing capabilities that are you know quite um, impressive. But one of the other things that I, I like to talk about is the IBM Cloud um, Security and Compliance Center, and that provides a dashboard of visibility into all of your different workloads wherever they reside. And it can give you insights on the compliance posture. It can make sure that your all of your different um, workloads are configured properly. And that's that's a very 
um, common theme is that you could have a misconfiguration that leaves you open to a cyber attack. And having a dashboard that allows you to see all of those different workloads and the security um, posture and configuration, um, it really helps to keep you know, that make it, it kind of takes the guesswork out of security. Oh, for sure. And and leave it to IBM to help us feel more secure. And I think that's terrific. Uh, how do you foresee the future, let's say, as we head further into tomorrow, if you will, of cybersecurity in general? Yeah, I, you know, I think, you know, IBM is really, you know, committed to protecting clients' data now and into the future. In a big area that we've invested in for quite some time is quantum. And there's so many benefits of quantum, but also there could be a risk. Um, there are some emerging threats, um, and I, you know, quantum safe cryptology is really important. And so, IBM has cryptographic solutions that are resistance to threats that are posed by quantum computers. And I think that's really the future. And we need to keep investing in those technologies in that direction. Oh, for sure. And if it's good enough for Watson, it's good enough for all of us. <laughs> so I think that's very helpful, too. Check out ibm.com slash cloud. We'll get you there, too, of course, when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. Brianna Frank, uh, Brianna Frank, sorry, Vice President of Product and Design for IBM Cloud. Awesome stuff. Great info. And let's look forward to having you join us again sometime soon, I hope. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Again, IBM Cloud, ibm.com slash cloud. Again, we'll get you there. I'm Dave Graveline. Into Tomorrow continues. Stay tuned right here on the Advanced Media Network. In today's connected world, high-speed internet is a necessity. Luckily, where you live no longer means missing out on a fast connection. Do what we did and get HughesNet, America's number one choice for satellite internet. HughesNet Gen 5 delivers the speed you need where you live. Own a business? HughesNet has plans for you too. Text RADIO to 35000 for offers in your area. That's RADIO to 35000. HughesNet, high-speed satellite internet available where you live and work. How would you like to feel your best every day? For over 40 years, Human Touch has designed high-performance massage chairs, ergonomic zero-gravity recliners, and targeted massage products that not only rejuvenate the mind and body, but have helped owners perform, sleep, and live better. Sitting in a Human Touch massage chair is the perfect way to unwind, relieve pain, or recover from a hard workout. And it's all from the comfort of your own home 24-7. Anytime you need to relax sore muscles, de-stress, or even just take a moment for yourself. Human Touch works with medical practitioners, world-class athletes, and award-winning design teams to provide therapeutic benefits daily, but also offer an aesthetic appeal that captivates the eye and enhances any space. Ready to learn more? Visit humantouch.com. Human Touch, your best every day. As Into Tomorrow continues, Elon Musk says he'll likely pick a new Tesla factory location by the end of the year. And he confirms India is absolutely an interesting option. I think they should do one here in Florida. I think so, too. There's there's a huge Amazon warehouse up the road from us here that's not being used. And I mean huge. It's like, wow, look at that. They're going to stock all kinds of stuff there, and, yeah. and it's been empty for yeah. like two and a half years. They painted it, the Amazon colors yes. and everything, and it's never been used. Gates all the way around, <laughs> not a single truck or car to be seen, nothing. Never got open, never did anything. They, it's already ready. Uh-huh. It's already ready. Already. Ready. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, let's see what Elon does along those lines. Yeah. Had an interesting discussion with our governor the other day, uh-huh. so maybe he's you know ready to do stuff. But yeah, Florida, just up the road. Go ahead, have a Tesla factory. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by HughesNet, America's number one choice for satellite internet. Text RADIO to 35000. Again, uh, text the word RADIO to 35000. The ice cream freezer is patented just in time for summer. Thomas Edison flops, and Henry Ford completes his first car. It all happened this week in tech history. Jump aboard the time machine. You've got mail. 
time to head into yesterday with this week in tech history. History, 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 history. history, history, history. Here's Chris. Brush up on those ramp skills. I know. Oh, I'm telling you, it's been so long <laughs> since I was a music DJ that, you know, I'm, I'm messing up my ramping skills. This week in 1848, William Young of Baltimore, Maryland, patented a hand-cranked paddle freezer and invented the technique that survives today of making ice cream. Oh, man, I am so excited. I may vomit. Just not into the ice cream. No. It cut the time from hours to minutes and resulted in a uniform and smooth ice cream. Skippy! I'm so happy! And it brought the frozen confection to many more people. Before his invention, making ice cream was a feat of strength. A smaller bowl of cream, milk, and sugar was placed in a larger bowl of ice. The ice was salted to make it colder, and the servant beat the mixture until his arms gave out. Oh. Then another would take over, and then another. <laughs> yeah, and then you know what the first person said after tasting it? What? Let's get nuts! Oh, boy. I figured it needed nuts. Uh -huh. In 1869, this week, at the age of 22, Thomas Edison received a patent for his electric voting machine. At that time, lawmakers voted by simply yelling out yay or nay, and a scribe would tally the votes by hand. Edison hoped to speed up the process with his machine that recorded the ballots of voters with the help of a simple switch and an electric current. This was one of the first patents for Edison, who ended up with a total of 2,332 during his lifetime. Wow. This was also known as one of his biggest flops, with one lawmaker quoted as saying, if there's one invention on earth we don't want down here, that is it. Oh, my. Thomas Edison is credited with my favorite quote of all time, however, saying, I have not failed. I have just found 10,000 ways that won't work. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. You need to think that way. It's a lot more positive. You know, well, that didn't work out. Yeah, I got 10,000 more tries. <laughs> yeah. In 1896 this week, Henry Ford completed the Ford Quadricycle, his first gasoline-powered automobile, and gave it a successful test run. Uh -huh. This was Ford's first car, and was a simple frame with a gas-powered engine and four bicycle wheels mounted to it. The Quadricycle was steered by a tiller handle and a two-speed transmission, put out a whopping four horsepower, and had a whopping speed, top speed of 20 miles per hour. Most illogical. The original Quadricycle still survives today and is housed at the Henry Ford Museum in Dearborn, Michigan. In 1929, this week, Warner Brothers debuted the first all-color, all-talking motion picture. The film debuted at the Winter Garden Theater in New York City. Ethel Waters, Joe Brown, and Arthur Lake starred in On With the Show. The film generated a lot of buzz in Hollywood, and virtually overnight, most other studios began shooting all-color films. Unfortunately, the original color print of On With the Show was lost, and only the black-and-white copies remain, one of which is held in the Library of Congress. <laughs> In 1971, this week, the U.S. space probe Mariner 9 blasted off from Kennedy Space Center in Florida on a journey to Mars. <laughs> Mariner 9 arrived at Mars uh, on November 3rd and became the first spacecraft to orbit another planet. Mariner 9 returned photographs of the entire surface of Mars, including some images that revealed what appeared to be riverbeds on the surface, suggesting the presence of water on Mars at some point in the past. All systems are functioning within normal parameters. And this week in 2008, Google announced the leasing of 42 acres at Moffett Field, a former U.S. naval air station near Mountain View, California. The internet search giant said it planned to build a high-tech campus on the land. The deal called for an annual rent of $3.7 million to NASA. Great googly moogly. That's our look back at This Week in Tech History. History, 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 history. Russell in Grand Junction, Colorado, responding to a call from last week's show from Angela, who was asking about OrCam for her 88-year-old mother who recently lost her sight. Russell, thank you for being a listener, helping another listener. Hey, Dave. It's been a while since I've been on air with you, but I wanted to respond to Angela. I am totally blind. I've been using OrCam for about a year, and OrCam is about $3,500. For a recently blinded person at 88, I'm not sure what would be the need for using it. It is a supplemental device. You can actually train it to recognize people. I use it for mail. I use it for object recognition, and it's a wonderful device. If Angela is looking for other ways to help her mom, there are accessible cell phones. There's one called the Blind Shell that's made by a company in Czechoslovakia that's around $500, and it has buttons. It doesn't require Internet access, but that would give her access to a cell phone that talks and would be easy to navigate. If she's looking for ways to communicate with her grandchildren, I might even recommend a smart speaker like an Amazon Alexa or a Google speaker. 
Thanks. Well, thank you, Russell. See, this is why we have the best listeners on the planet, because people like Russell are helping Angela with, you know, additional information. We provided some info. He provides some great info as to his own experiences and other suggestions. Love our listeners. And Russell, keep an eye on your spam filters because uh, having participated on the show, you'll hear from our prize team. And we'll make a note that uh, now that we know that uh, you're vision impaired, that we'll uh, yeah. have our team look in the prize closet for something that uh, might be able to help you out. So keep an Orcam eye on it. Yeah. All right. Very good. Corby in Wasilla, Alaska. He used the Ask Dave button. We love that. At intotomorrow.com to participate. Hey, Corby. We live in a place where we don't get very good cell reception, and cells are our only uh, means of communication. Been trying to figure out what the best way to boost a cell phone would be. There's several options out there from 500 bucks plus, or I'm looking for something a little bit less. Anyway, thanks for all your help. Well, it's our pleasure, Corby. I hope we can be of some help. The $500 price limit will be an issue. As far as we can tell, an at-home signal booster for under $500 will pretty much limit you to a SureCall Fusion 4 home, the number 4 home, which is designed for homes up to 4,000 square feet and retails for around $300. Just about everything else that is reliable and designed for homes will cost you more. Yeah, for example, WeBoost does sell home boosters that cost around $350, but they're designed to boost the signal in one room. When you look into whole home systems, you go right back to $500 or more. Mm. Uh, There are generic devices from no-name brands. You can try one of those, and they do tend to cost less, but the reviews are not really great. Yeah, now we've seen examples in which the signal is boosted as promised, but only with a device literally sitting on the transmitter. When moved even a few feet away, the signal dives right back down to nothing right away. SureCall and WeBoost have been around for a long time, and their devices will actually boost the signal as long as there is a signal to boost. So we'd recommend looking at one of their devices. Yeah, keep in mind that the, your signal outside is bad. There may not be much to boost, so don't expect any miracles. The booster will just take the existing signal and repeat it. Yeah, when we've always said make sure you walk around and try to get the most bars, and then if you put a signal booster in, put it by the window where you've got the most signal. Corby, let us know what you end up with. And of course, we'll meet you at intotomorrow.com. Do you own a business? What do your customers hear when they call? Every business is unique, and Advanced Productions can help you create custom voicemail greetings or an on-hold production. Call us today at 888-899-8511. For over 40 years, we've been providing affordable audio and video services to businesses around the world. Let us create a custom holiday on-hold message for your business for less than $200. Call us today at 888-899-8511. Or visit onholdaudio.net. Finding the right experts to help you grow your business is always a challenge. Chameleon Collective is a hybrid marketing service and consulting firm that is hyper-focused on growing businesses, from digital marketing to optimizing your sales efforts. Our experts drive results. Our work and track history, ranging from innovative startups to Fortune 500 companies, speaks for itself. Learn more by visiting chameleoncollective.com or call us at 1-800-914-0245 today. Welcome back to Into Tomorrow. I'm Cameron Graveline, the real brains behind this operation. What? So if you have a tech question, ask Dave so he can ask me. <laughs> Call 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. Or use the free Into Tomorrow app. Call in, win stuff. Thank you. And thank you, Cameron. You know, the sad part is he's right sometimes. Yeah. Especially as it relates to Roblox game or, you know, some of the other stuff. That young kid, young, he's 11 already, kids are helping their parents and grandparents with and even older siblings. I got that. Let me take care of that for you and take their phone or tablet and just do it. And, you know, I got new stuff lately because I'm testing hot wire things in my home. And he grabbed the normal remotes and was just trying to get to YouTube or something as as he normally does when he comes over. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. Some things have changed. And I didn't say a thing to him. He figured it out on his own within moments, literally moments. Got to the right source, got the right info, got to the platform he wanted. 
like that. It that, was like, oh my God. That's how I knew I was officially old was when he was about six and he grabbed the TV remote because I was having trouble doing something and he did it on the first try. <laughs> yes. And he's like, let me show you how to do it, Papa. Yeah. Because they don't know any other way. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean no internet? How could you have survived? <laughs> yeah, we did. Amazingly enough. And just all of the stuff. What do you, what do you mean you couldn't put a phone in your pocket? <laughs> my, my, my favorite story is the one I've told on this show several times about when I found that old uh, portable cassette player and yes. you know his response was you mean when you were a kid you couldn't just ask your phone what song to, or tell your phone what song to play <laughs> no you couldn't <laughs> but then he ran around with the cassette player playing your old music yeah. and got the biggest kick out of it uh-huh. you know putting on the little headphones and playing music from the cassette player ay 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 just wasn't as easy to rewind and fast forward as he could do on his mp3 yeah Whatever. However, scientists at Oregon State University Cascades are developing a smart compost bin. You have one of those in your own backyard. That's not smart, though. No, it's not. This one tracks household food waste. The bin will include a voice-to-text feature for users to describe the waste, plus technology to measure the waste and capture 3D images of the waste. There's a familiar adage, you can't manage what you don't measure, according to the project leader. He further said, our goal is to inspire future waste reduction by specifically quantifying, measuring, and tracking the amount of food that home consumers send to compost. Okay. Not sure how that's going to ultimately help most people, because most people, I'm sure, don't compost. Yeah. Do you even still? I do. Okay. And it's helped your plants, which is why you compost. It has. Because you dump the waste on your various and sundry plants. Once it's done composting, which well, I hope. could yeah. take months. Yeah. And doesn't it smell? Nope. It, no. No? Oh. If it's done right, compost does not smell. Apparently it helps, because you brought over one of the biggest cucumbers i've ever seen you brought over a whole bunch of tomatoes i ate the last two by the way that you left in my fridge like apples they were so delicious i'm telling you and you're growing green beans and some goofy yucky peppers and stuff like that but you you know you're doing your own thing you should open up a little farmer's market okay chris's farmer's market and tech history There you go. I think it would be good. But the stuff was good. I just wanted to tell you. The European Union approved Microsoft's $69 billion purchase of video game maker Activision Blizzard. The the acquisition, according to the European Commission, quote, would no longer raise competition concerns and would ultimately unlock significant benefits for competition and consumers. And it was sweetened by Microsoft's promises to automatically license Activision games to cloud gaming platforms. And along those lines, Sony aiming to have record-breaking PlayStation 5 sales with the global expansion of retail capabilities. They said, we aim to continuously accelerate penetration of PS5 and aim for PS5 selling units for the current fiscal year to be 25 million units, the highest ever for any PS console in history, according to the Sony president. Wow. So good on them, I guess, if you're into that and gaming and whatnot. But also good on Microsoft to not be blocked by the European Union because they got nothing better to do. Mm-hmm. Intotomorrow.com. We want to hear from you. Please participate on the program. Chris is going to tell you how real quick and win stuff. You can call the Ask Dave hotline at 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. Use the free Into Tomorrow app or hit that Ask Dave button at uh, intotomorrow.com. Mo in Tyler, Texas. Hey, Mo. What is the best way to get a local channel in our TV. Uh, I have purchased uh, high-definition antenna, and I never got them to work. Uh, so what's the best way or best equipment I can use to get the local channel on TV? Thanks for what you do. Well, Mo, it's our pleasure. Uh, thank you for participating. You just need an antenna. And it doesn't have to claim high definition. That's just a sales gimmick. Any antenna will do. Now, if you're not getting your local channels with the current one, you may just be a little too far away from the source. The only real solution to that is to get a bigger, taller antenna. 
and see if that helps with your problem. Yeah, an antenna on your roof will do better than an antenna indoors. But ultimately, the range of any local station that doesn't have a repeater set up on top of a mountain or a skyscraper um, is in the range of tens of miles. Once you get past 60 or 70 miles, the curvature of the planet will make it impossible for the signals to reach you. So if that's the case, you're stuck with cable or live TV streaming, which is basically the same price as cable these days. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but you might want to look into YouTube TV or Hulu Plus or live TV or Sling TV, those kinds of things. John in Fairbanks, Alaska. I have a Motorola Android phone, and I love the camera on it, but once I take the picture, I'd like to be able to um, look at a hard copy of it or something, and I'm not sure how to transfer pictures from my phone to my laptop, which is also an Android. Thank you. Well, John, if both devices are truly running Android, your easiest solution is to sync your phone's pictures to Google Photos. Just install the app, and Google will nag you to let it sync the pictures to its cloud, and they will become available on both devices. Now, the same goes for other cloud storage providers. You can install Microsoft's OneDrive, for example, or Dropbox, or Box, and any other cloud storage solution with an Android app. Yeah, and there are lots of other solutions, too. You could mount a network drive and move them there. You could just email them or send them via the messenger of your choice. You could skip the laptop completely and just upload them directly to a printing service via their own app or website. There really are lots of ways to do it. Now, having said that, if you just want the laptop and phone to both have access to the images, then Google Photos gives you an easy and free syncing solution that was built in to Android in mind. Yeah, now that's very true. So, John, there are a number of ways. I mean, we've heard from listeners that say... They don't do all that much in terms of pictures, so they just kind of email it to themselves and then on the other device save it. Now, you could do that too, but you don't have to go through all that. Yeah, I mean, I use the, the I pay for a little bit of extra iCloud storage for the photos on my phone. But then, well, aren't you special? Yeah, but then I use the free services for everything else. So with uh, you know Office 365, you get a certain amount of storage for free. So you use that to back up documents. Um, I use the, the five gigabytes you get for free or 15 with Google to back up other things. So you, know, you can find a lot of free ways to do it. There you go. And we got more details for you at intotomorrow.com. Bringing you the latest in consumer electronics and technology, this has been Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. To participate with Dave and his tech geniuses and win prizes anytime, 24-7, use our free Into Tomorrow app available in your app store or call 1-800-899-INTO. That's 1-800-899-4686. Be sure to visit our website anytime to read our show notes and watch our ITTV videos at intotomorrow.com. And join us next week as we bring you further Into Tomorrow. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's D-E-X-C-O-M.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit www.dexcom.com compatibility. 